Internet friends, and welcome back to episode number 166 of Final Boss TV. Today, still at least your wow dot 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 show. The graphics and things are going to be very updated and changed out soon enough, so that tagline is going away. This is sort of like the send off with today's MDI discussion. My name is Adam KK Bay, I will be your host. For this adventure, like I said, we have this MDI discussion to show today to dead with Method. And then next week, we have some casters coming on. And the week after that, we have some BFA beta show to go over the like community spotlight. So more details on all of those, of course, as we go forward. But as per usual, the show's been a bit of a hiatus because I have been working on just all the BFA beta testing madness that has been going on. But I would not be sitting in this chair if it wasn't for all the support that the show continues to have on our Patreon page, of course. It's been a bit barren lately because I've been working on all this stuff here, but all of the extra BTS podcasts and things are going to, of course, show up. They'll be doing a little after show wrap up on this show as well. So if you want more of me talking to my nerd friends and other such dorks in this realm, then you can go check that out there. Of course, Thadrin, Mia, R4, Truffles, and Druish, thank you very much for your assistant producer support first off. But that's enough out of me plugging my stuff. YouTube comments don't like that very much, apparently. You can't plug your stuff anymore. Nope, you can't do that. Not allowed. But I am joined, returning to the show. We were just trying to figure out when the last time she was on the show quite a while ago and it, it's too soon already but Derry's back hi face oh you gotta push your hey, button it's <laughs> been so long it's been so long and forgotten what's up butt face hi see there it is that's what i there yep, it is. that's what i expected yes yes would you expect anything more or less no i don't think so i don't think so and i've succeeded so what are you going to talk about here on the show today you just making sure that these other two gentlemen know what they're talking about they don't say the wrong words no, it's probably the other way around. Oh, wait, but how does that? You're the communications director. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. That new to the show, joining us today around the corner, we have J.B. Hi, JB. Hi. Who is totally going to destroy me in the uh, the deep V button pops today. I'm a, I can't even compete. Okay, very few can. Oh, well, <laughs> so, okay. I like that. And then joining us last but not least, of course, there is Mitt. Hello, sir. Welcome. How's it going? Now, do you do you want to just get out of the way and go sit in the chair at the beginning of the show just to get it done with? Or do you want to That's save it for later? We'll, I think we'll save it for later. Yeah. Okay. Just keep, keep we'll it. We'll save it. Keep it just yeah. sizzle. Okay. All right. All right. I yeah, definitely. Okay. Just. I wanted to make sure, just in case, just if it, it needs to get out of the way right now, then we can. But if no, you I haven't to... had the daily dose of chair yet, but it'll happen later. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I'll learn all this stuff, of course, as we go through the show. I'm, I'm sure. At least chat will, will figure it out. But there we go. So today, Mythic Plus Invitational just happened. The second one 
for Legion. So we have a whole lot of things to go over and figure out, but I'm going to go back around, right back to Mitt first off. If you want to introduce yourself, who am I sitting down with today? Just make sure we're all on the same page because there's new faces. So sure. what do you do on Methods MDI team? And give me some so, background and everything like that. Sure thing. So I'm Coach Mitt, Mitt Pitt in-game, Coach Mitt for the MDI and other things. But... uh uh, essentially, it's the DPS and help figure out strats and do what we can together as a, as a group for MDI practice and competing as a whole. So you say you play DPS, though. Does that mean you just played Windwalker Monk, the whole MDI, right? Is that how that works? Yep. We coasted uh, through that. As we practiced <laughs> a whole bunch of other things, and we landed on that with the comp and stuck with it. Okay. Yeah, I had to ask before we started the show if the if the coach pit was just the name because you're not actually right the coach, right? Right, right. Just okay. the name. Just the name. All right. Well, we'll get yeah. into more of that, of course, later. When did you start with the team? Um, I'd say roughly like what eight months ago at this point, maybe okay, a little right. bit longer. Yeah, we've all been together. Oh, the whole team has been together that long. It hasn't well, been like a oh. It's been like a slow formation. Sure. Um, there was originally Shaq and JB when I had joined, and I have known Shaq for years and years, and then fell back with him here, and he was already playing with JB, and then Marv uh, was quickly introduced, and then uh, Marv had brought in Dark, and then that's how the whole team kind of formed in oh, a okay. short version. All right. Well, I'll throw it over to JB then if you want to follow up with that and what you do on the team and how long you've been with the, the Method Boys and just who the heck are you? Yeah, so I'm JB, J.B in-game. Only J.B. See, Mitt made classic rookie mistake of naming, naming himself like 17 different things. Uh-oh. He's got to get that consistent branding. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the healer for Method NA uh, and also team captain. And... <clears throat> Been with the been with the team, I think basically since the start. Uh, Shaq and I started running together in over a year now, which is actually when people ask me how long we've been doing this, and it's like, how long has it been? Like, uh, I think it's probably getting closer to a year and a half that we've been pushing keys, and yeah, just um, people ask how we got started together, and it's the it's the best story because they always assume there's like some kind of shortcut to like getting started and how do i get a group together how do i form you know a team that pushes together how did you and Shaq get started and it was like uh one day i opened up the looking for group tool and <laughs> there was a tank looking for a healer and i like groups that already have tanks in them so i was like yeah let me get in that group and we did some dungeons together i was like hey this guy doesn't suck i should probably <laughs> add him to my friends list and i got on the next day and he was on and this was at like noon when nobody else was on. So it was like, hey, we should we should do some dungeons together, man. Like we're both online at noon and we don't suck. That'd probably be a good strategy, right? And like, yeah. And then we just did that every day for like the next four months. And then after a while, they start calling you a team. And then you start adding more people to your team. And then apparently you get sponsored. So that's the secret to... Becoming a professional esports player is use the looking for group tool. <laughs> well, I 
you bring that up sort of as that caveat to your story, but that's quite literally what the, the tagline is for this MDI. So, like, they have the from group fighter to grand champions, the MDI global yeah. finals. So, that is apparently now even what happened in your realm, too. So, I guess the follow-up question for me on that one is that, do you have, and you can track this, so chat can fact check you on this one, but do you have any idea how many Mythic Plus dungeons since that transpired you have actually cleared? How many have you run? Uh, I don't know since that point. Um, in total, I think I'm over 5,000. And that was... I know before they made the change to the way that the chest dropped AP uh, and before we started pushing keys back when it was all just carries and you would run through dungeons as fast as you could. I know I had over a thousand muscles specifically. I had over a thousand muscles done for like Nighthold came out or something. It was just doing like 20, 25 muscles a day over and over and over. I, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. That's, that's, oh, the days of Mob Souls AP grinding and the spreadsheets and the like how many clears you could get. I remember watching Scott specifically just stream that for a whole session on his stream. That's all he did. Every time he tuned in, he's just muscles. But yeah. Oh yeah. Chats is around 12. So a little bit different number than about 5,000. That's fair. And then Derry, how about you? What do you do on the, the method team organization? Plug yourself. Who the heck are you? For those that don't know. It's probably best if they don't know, just stay oh. in your ignorant state of bliss. But um, <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me back. Um, so since I was on the show last, it's been three years. I am now communications director for Method. And specifically, I guess it kind of where JB's story ends is where I kind of came into it. And uh, I manage all the WoW players for Method. Um, and so there they kind of fell into my lap and uh, it's been good times ever since for sure. So uh, it's been great kind of being a part of uh, the MDI scene, getting to meet a lot of the players. A lot of them I've known from just the raiding scene, PVE scene for a long time. What's up, Zyronic? See you in chat, talking to you. Um, but yeah, it's uh, pretty much I get to not really be involved in their like day-to-day -day practicing. That's obviously on them and everything, but I do help them out with um, things related to team events and promotion and all that, all that kind of good stuff. So, yep. Okay. I guess the, the swing around question that always comes up with this is that there's only so many like organizations that have sort of spawned from World of Warcraft specifically. And I always, I always poke fun at you know Scott when he's on the show, um, just because I like to see like where it all goes now. Like, I have the website pulled up sitting here, like just like the the method.gg, and it's just there are so many other teams now, and like I'll go to the team page now. But the rating team, you have PUBG, Hots, Fortnite, yeah, then you have Method Orange, Black, and then you have the MDI PogChamp and the MDI EU and the MDI America team. You have FGC, Rocket League, H1Z1, FIFA, Rainbow Six Siege, and then, all, of course, all the personalities that are attached to the, the Method brand. So, 
And you're in charge of all that. You talk to all these people. This is all you? Yeah, I made that. They all put up with you? No, thank. Luckily, they don't all have to put up with me. To some extent, they all have to put up with me. Um, I do a lot of retweet this, and they they're supposed to do it. But um, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I'm not lying. Um, but no, mostly I work with the wild players. Um, last year I did some stuff with Rocket League, which was different. It was fun, kind of learning something new. But um, pretty much firmly embedded in this WoW scene at this point, and uh, I can't shake it off. So here we are. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I was curious about. I didn't know if, again, I didn't know if the method organization had grown to have like different. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, well, TLDR, you still got Scott and Sasha at, at the top running the whole thing. And then right under them, there's me and the GM, Brayden. And so from us, we kind of keep things running. Okay. Yep, there you go. Okay, just all that. Yep. Sure. Just all, just all that. Just all that. It's just yeah. interesting to see how, how far that has grown over the years. So I've been doing like the world first it's interviews true, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And every it's, time. It's crazy. I just hold the page pulled up right here. There's so many people involved in this all now. It's wild. I mean, just specifically, yeah. of course, that the team we're talking about here today, just so their names are on the screen so we can so we get that, that shout out for them too because you guys did, but there's the actual NA team that you guys have put together. Look at those faces. <laughs> oh, it's so tilting to see it say MDI Americas. And I blame Zorberg, so he's still in here. I blame you for this shit. Oh, why? What? what's it supposed to say? Oh, they kind of went back and forth oh, with the, okay. uh, is it NA, is it America's, this kind of, um, anyway. That is true. It's not, it's not a good story. It's not really a good story. I mean, it is, is branded that the Shaq is Canadian, so neighbor to the North style stuff. It's so true. I guess you, there you can't is. just say, yep. yeah, okay, I get it. I know. I see. Oh, can, you hold, can you hold your finger over where it says E, so his name just says dark for me, please? Oh, is that, is that a? I can't. I that's, can't. Only an MDI, that's only an MDI thing. Oh. Yep. That's yeah. his alter ego for the MDI. That's it. That's it. Actually, I blame... It's okay, Zorberx. We'll blame, we'll blame Overwatch for that. We can blame Overwatch for everything. Oh, so. for, for branding stuff. Is that... Oh. Yeah, that yeah like, a, like it. Exactly. Like a yeah. Blizzard esports sort of thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So then this was the, the second... Legion MDI, obviously the first and the second, there'll be no, no more all of a sudden, right? We're moving on from this. And going from that, did you, JB, did you compete in the first one? No. So in the first MDI, we ran into the same problem that we had in the second MDI, which was that Shaq and I were pretty much a unit at that point, And he was about the only tank I played with. And we were putting a team together for the MDI. And then I think literally the night before, the qualifier started, um, Shaq said, hey, by the way, does this, I was just looking at the rule book, does this say what I think it says? And he points to a section and I look at it and it excluded provinces and states, you know, ineligible. And I was like, wait, where are you from? He's like, Quebec. He's like, this says Quebec. Does that mean I can't play in the tournament? And I was like, mm. yeah, I think that's what that means that you can't play in the tournament. And he was like, oh, well, I guess I can't play in the tournament. And it was like, uh, you know, li like literally qualifiers are starting the next day. And so it was like, uh, you know, it's not, I'm not even going to try to 
spin off that one because the tank the tank spot's too important to the team to trying to uh, replace that. And most of the teams had already kind of picked themselves by that point. So not a lot of free agents roaming at that point. So yeah, for the first MDI, I sat out just kind of because of uh, the last minute realization that Shaq was going to be ineligible. And then unfortunately, that's been the case going forward then is that for the second MDI remained ineligible and we're trying to pull as many strings as we can to get an update on that okay. in the rule book. Because as far as we're concerned, um, you know, we've spoken with some of the uh, authorities in Quebec that are responsible for making those decisions. And we believe that the things legally that got Quebec placed on that list in the first place exist, that a fresh look at the laws and regulations in Quebec would show that, in fact, it's totally okay to let Shaq in the tournament. There wouldn't be any issues, but legal departments being what they are, not super speedy or nimble uh, in making updates to their regulations. So I expect it to be an affair. That that brings up like a side question too about how this all sort of moves between games and how, I mean, I think it was about two years ago now, maybe not even that long when when League of Legends really splashed into all this stuff and now professional esports players can get visas and all this legal battle between different countries and different states that are coming together all around the world to make teams. So like yeah, sometimes they can get visas. Sometimes. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I can get visas. Okay, make sure there's a caveat on that one. But, but that's what I was, I don't know how this all evolves over time is the professionalism slash legitimacy of esports players and it's slowly getting better i'm sure you guys know way more about all this and i want to go into the the mud on all this madness but i guess that was the the main point of that was that from the first to the second then obviously things have been improved upon because you actually could compete in the second one so what are your your thoughts on just general banter, I guess. I'll go to Mitt on this one first. Give him some open the can of the second MDI and your experiences therein with it. So still not all of us could compete, but most of us could. Uh, and actually, I mean, I was afraid looking at it when I was like, I wonder if my state is ineligible or not, but no, luckily not. Um, but definitely pulled in other tank for it and I mean we had to to be able to compete and still remain part of the MDI um it's I mean it's really unfortunate that it works out that way you understand why but I'd love to see more of a motion towards fixing that and allowing you know a, a larger range of people to be able to compete in this and I know esports are still relatively growing and, and new but um I think overall we could Still move people around. I mean, Blizzard did a great job at, at uh, hosting this and casting it while China wasn't able to be there, which is public knowledge. Uh, but um, I would love to see Shaq and, and other people that were ineligible for this one to be able to compete in future MDIs. And now that I think that they've seen how well this one has worked out, maybe there's a larger initiative to do so. Was 
so was Shaq just out of wasn't even part of like the placing process either like the the pre setup we had to like do the certain keys and have it all verified and stuff was he involved in doing that at all or did you have no. to do that with the whole the whole team oh, okay yeah since he was going to be ineligible for it we had to do it with a different tank throughout right. the whole time which i mean affects like practice hours and uh when you're actually playing with the team because we still love Shaq, play with him all the time but with him being ineligible to compete, we still had to make time to be able to compete with the group and mm. yeah. place those practice hours and and uh, proving grounds and whatnot. That's what I was looking for. Couldn't remember what it was called. Yeah, that's so. That's obviously high on the list of things. So, JB, what are your thoughts of your experience with this, and then going forward, what do you hope for? Thanks for things that might change or tweak or you know, pros and cons that you've experienced in this MDI? Uh, you mean just generally, like com like comparing first to second MDI? I think I, the main focus, I think I want to keep it on, on the team, like what you guys experienced as a team going uh, going into this. And then, of course, with the the second place finish that you got, if anything that comes up, other than, of course, Shaq able to tank for you guys in the future. Yeah, yeah I mean, and like, it's easy when we get to, to talking about the team substitution to obviously Shaq is the tank for method. It's easy for us to say like, man, it'd be really great if we had Shaq there. And a lot of the times, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I feel like it also needs to be said, our substitution tank, Eamon was fantastic. Lights out player. Like I don't want to take anything away from his performance. He stepped up and did a great job. Uh, I think he is a top tier tank and any team would have been lucky to have him. Um, it just so happened that we had the opportunity to pick him up. I think he would have done big things on whichever team that he ended up in. So first, I want to say thank you, Eamon, for being fantastic tank for the tournament. And all the talk about Shaq, I, I never mean for that to detract from Eamon's performance. But having said that, it really would have been nice uh, because we do, like, all my time on live, all the time I spent on live keys with Shaq, that's just do everything together for when we're on live and then very specifically we have to practice um as the mdi team so there's kind of a weird dichotomy where you do all these things as one team on live and then you come back to the tournament realm and you got to do these other things and there's not necessarily a lot of carryover or uh building that common experience of dungeons together so it does make right. it kind of difficult um, to have those two set in the, in the tank, obviously, not just that it's two different tanks, but it's uh, two different players on the tanks, but that it's two different tank classes. You do dungeons quite differently with a Demon Hunter tank versus a Blood DK. And so the, uh, the MDI for us was a learning experience, not just from having a new person tanking with us, but also having a new class. So we definitely... At the beginning of the tournament, things were a lot rougher, um, much more of an issue adapting. But uh, as the tournament went along, I would say that uh, I think we did uh, very well. There obviously, there's obviously the proving ground stage where you qualify for the tournament realm, then the time trial stage where you're given three different keys 20 muscles, 22 upper, and 24 nelts. And the teams run those over and over and over as many times as they want for a week. And that was a new addition to the second MDI 
that, that did not exist in the first MDI was that time trial stage. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we really enjoyed it. I think other top teams really enjoyed it. It, it uh, was more similar to live keys in that you could just keep trying to, to do these, um, well, I should say more similar to the competition that you would see on live where you have these top teams. The teams that ended up at the top were, were names that you recognize from key pushing. Um, all, all the faces that you would know if you were familiar with the scene where those teams ended up on top. So I think that was a lot of fun. Um, and then obviously regionals and finals where we ended up as the number one team coming out of regionals for North America and then number two uh, in globals. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a fun tournament. We enjoyed it. From a sort of outside, more like managerial position, then Derry, do you have what the what you could then go forward with? What you've learned to go into the BFA style? Because there's obviously a few teams that'll be moving forward with this from method specifically. Right. So what? I think one of the biggest things to take away from the MDI looking at it is like as an expansion, but even just this last season of it is how much it was embraced by the community. Um, Everything from how much people are talking about it on social media to the viewership for the grand finals, which was over 100,000. And that was just on Twitch. That didn't count any of the um, other language broadcasts or the Chinese streaming client as well. So I think what you have to take from this is people want more Mythic Plus. And I personally think they want it because it's relatable. Um, Of course, the other WoW eSport that's been around since there was a WoW eSport is Arena. And such a small percentage of people can relate to the R1 GLAD experience because it's just not a skill set most people possess. It's not a skill set many people want to possess. Um, Whereas you can ask pretty much any WoW player and they're like, yeah, I, you know, I ran Maw. I killed it on Heroic. What the <laughs> fuck are these guys doing? Right? right? You know, so like, but there's still that relatability to, to Mythic Plus and MDI. And that's why it will continue to grow. And that is why one would hope that Blizzard will continue to allow it to grow. Both by engaging outside sponsors, increasing prize pools, and making it more accessible to other players so um i and i think then from a organization standpoint you're going to have more orgs coming into into it i mean when you have even the regionals were peaking over fifty thousand views yeah and that was just the i mean na regionals were peaking over fifty thousand views and the eu was closer to 60 if i don't if i if i recall correctly and I mean, that's just, that's really great. It's insane numbers for World of Warcraft. So well, there's going to be other people getting into it. World of Warcraft PvE, to be specific, yeah. Well, world just World of Warcraft. I mean, it, PvP it, in, like, EU finals, like, regional finals, if it topped 30,000 viewers, you were hype yeah. for, for Arena. I mean, sure. that was, like, solid Arena numbers. So when you're looking at, and those were, like, considered finals. So, I mean, when you're looking at, you know, 100,000 for other, I mean, it's just, it's, the numbers is not even comparable. So I, I would hope that's the next step from Blizzard is engaging sponsors and 
really engaging other orgs and it's always the elephant in in the room that i know is going to come up eventually here but uh you know it's it's great for the mdi as an esport if more organizations get involved it's the best possible thing that could happen to it is we want to see more because it's a good meme and it's funny and all of that like oh method's just gonna buy another team but the counterpoint to that is no one else is giving out sponsorships to WoW players. And so, right. I mean, like it's, it's the up and down of it. Like it's funny. And I do laugh at, at the memes a lot of times. Oh, let's make your bed. But, um, but I mean, that's also the truth is that if, if there wasn't really um, method and then to some extent, Tempo Storm used to be involved and now you've got Noble that's kind of getting involved or Noble, not Noble, shout out to Noble. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> stop novel, but uh, I mean, methods holding it down for a while, and I don't think people should really pick on that quite as much uh, as they do. I may be a little biased, but but no, more orgs will get into it. I really think that we'll we'll see that happening, and that's great. That's great for it. I hope it happens for sure. Okay, and I guess to switch that back to the players, then I'll go back to JB on this because again, the whole like group finder story originated from that where obviously it wasn't just like a a method headhunted well who's running high key let's make a put put a team together right like it didn't really sound like it organized like that it didn't just evolve from there it was just from the i guess that the big point that people keep asking about is how do you keep running these same damn dungeons over and over and over again and jb opened up he had like five thousand of these done with the future of that going forward then so what does it feel like to be a player supported by the method organization then going forward and do you you also hope that a whole bunch of other like names come into this so you actually have some teams that have you know branding and, and support behind them to really bring more competition to it i don't know if it needs more competition some of those runs were a little crazy so and jb what do you think on the uh, organizational front well, yeah, uh, first shout out to Method. Um, that was, uh, I, th I think the whole Mythic Plus scene has been, has grown so much faster than anybody ever thought that it would. Like when we started Legion, um, a lot of the, you know, there were, there was a community for Mythic Plus of people that did the carries that um, sure. were just speed running dungeons all day and you would form groups of four and then just pick up a random fifth from group finder you know, hey, we're looking for like level seven Moss Souls keys. Just we want to slam Moss Souls all day. So you'd invite random people from the group, carry their key. And you did that for months and months. But that was only ever to get artifact power and gear. And that was how you did that. So um, it was never a competition per se. Right. Uh, it was just that was how you spent your day trying to gear up and uh, boost your weapon. And then all of a sudden, one day, Blizzard says, hey, we're doing a tournament for Mythic Plus. And it was kind of like, what? A tournament? Like, you guys don't do PV tournaments for anything. And you pick Mythic Plus? Like, that's that's what you guys are going with is Mythic Plus? So, like, I think it caught the entire community off guard that this was going to be, like, a legitimate thing. And then Blizzard had this whole idea for, yeah, we want to do, we want to turn this into an eSport. We want to really grow this. And so... It was at that point that people started going, "Hey, we should, we should do real like no, but like there was a very small subset of the community that pushed keys, like to try try to push them as high as they could and not just carry them 
um, like carry random people for the AP gear. Right. And then after the first tournament, people kind of started going, hey, we should we should try to compete. You know, Raider IO came out with their scoring system. Uh, while Progress had a similar system um, that would attempt to give you a score for which dungeons you did. And so there finally started being a metric for like, oh, well, who's who's top dog for pushing these keys? And so then you started seeing these groups forming to push these keys. But still, I don't think that anyone thought that there was going to be necessarily organizational support in Mythic Plus. And so when we were doing this, really it was just, we enjoyed the competition aspect of it. I don't know that the MDI necessarily was forefront in our mind, just like pushing keys. And so we did that all day. And you start getting the same guys on, you know, you invite the same people every time because you want to have the same group of guys every time you're pushing keys. If you develop strats, you don't have to be explaining them to new people each time. You don't want to have to having people learn them again each time. So we had, we ended up having the same five guys showing up for all the keys when, whenever possible. And then one day, uh, Sko follows me on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, I made it. Sko knows who I am. Like, <laughs> this, this is right. the best. And so I follow him back and that's, and then I instantly get a DM. It's like, hey, we want to talk to you about like potentially sponsoring your team. And I was like, uh like for like actually actually and so like I, that was another like you know when they first when blizzard first announced the tournament i think it was like whoa and then when we found out that people were actually interested in sponsoring a team it was you know double whoa and so just the the amount of uh growth that mythic plus has seen over the last year has just been incredible and uh certainly i, I would like to see some more organizations in the scene just because it, it would be fun to have more teams. Um, like you start to develop those rivalries in right. Mythic Plus. You start to see the other guys um, on the other teams, and not not like not toxic rivalries. You're not like uh, shit talking each other, doing any of that stuff. But it's just it's fun to have you know other teams out there that you compare yourself against that can sort of measure your growth against them. And uh, I've loved all the teams that Method has added. To their mythic plus roster i would if they added every team in the mythic plus community i'd be okay with that because i like i love having all those guys like the the method eu boys are near and dear to my heart they've been doing it big for a long time and then when method pog champ team got added and they showed up at the tournament like i am super looking forward to blizz kind of hanging out with those guys and i think having more organizational support would allow more teams to have that opportunity to really, because I mean, it is, it's a, it's a big investment of time to compete in the MDI right. and having the ability to have an organization behind you, I think it helps a lot in that regard. So uh, definitely I would, I would love to see some more teams that, that got that opportunity. The, the follow-up to that point then to get some stats before I move us to a topic Derry wanted me to bring up that I've talked about before, but I will admit, the, the, the topic that JB brought up with the amount of practice and time investment in this and how the organization, of course, helps this happen. Other teams that may be trying to compete in the future don't always have that. What do you, like, what does that enable you to do and how much time do you have to commit to the practice and to the prep and to the research and to the strategy to build for this style of eSport, as we're going to, of course, slowly brand that and be a little more comfortable saying with uh with mythic plus so i definitely think world of warcraft being what it is 
with there being multitude of dungeons for you to enter and practice all day long. Um, and multiple, many ways of pulling a dungeon and and figuring out what works best for your group, what will be best for time and safety and whatnot. Committing to one dungeon takes up a lot of time. So being able to practice and know for sure, like, okay, this works for us, we're gonna do this, takes up a lot of time. And definitely having an organization and people to back you as a group is great. And again, another shout out to E-Man. He did amazing. I'm so glad that we could pick him up and that he would tank for us. Honored to have him. And, you know, like we worked around people's schedules and essentially the only one that, that we did have to work around was E-Man's work schedule. Um, the rest of us are either streaming or not working or whatever. And, uh, you know, for there to be an organi organization backing us, for there to be an organization backing the MDI, and increasing prize pools and whatnot, it would be something that people could take time off for, or they're like, man, I really, really want to do this and commit more time to it. Um, but otherwise you're just available. You're working with whatever time's available, not like, okay, we're gonna practice like 12 to 15 hours a day, which uh, there were teams out there practicing, eight, you know, eight, 12 hours a day and that's great for them. And it definitely showed, uh, but for there to be, you know, the, the time allotment that there is for Mythic Plus and making sure that you have one dungeon down out of all of them available, it, it definitely eats up a lot of time. So being able to have a backing is, is huge and hopefully it does continue to grow like that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was mostly con like looking at or I wasn't concerned about, but whenever when anyone talks about this, and I brought this up on the Mythic uh, World First shows, of course, before, and we see like, you know, we can look at the stats on on wild progress we can see you know wipe stats and we can see all of these like times it takes and of course all those things come out openly by the top guilds and, and we can obviously you know extrapolate how long or how many hours that is and that's what i was curious about if mythic plus is now at that point which you kind of put you know to bed a little bit in that regard that it isn't just like a, at least so far it hasn't become this because you can't not 8 12 15 hours a day it's wake up mythic plus sleep wake up, Mythic Plus sleep kind of a schedule because some of the other games have this, right? There are schedules that are out there for like League and Dota that the teams talk about that come out interviews and it's like our Monday through Saturday is 12 hours of playing this game, which right. it's not it's not to that level yet, but I think there's a, is there a lot more like research and building blocks behind that? Because you're not obviously dealing with like a MOBA or an FPS, you're dealing with a five main group PVE dungeon experience that's always the same, but how you approach it is very different. Right. Definitely. It, it seems like it's a leaning more towards that direction at the moment um, because of the way that you can practice, because of the way that things are. And because, as you mentioned, the metrics and being able to measure where other people are at for the MDI, you, after the time trials, you really don't know where people are at other than the times that they posted for regionals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's all you can like base things off of. So otherwise, you're just assuming, okay, is this a DHT that we're okay with? Do we think we'll beat the other team? And if not, are we going to be practicing? Do we need to practice more for the losers bracket or certain dungeons or whatnot? Here's a lot of guesswork for, you know, knowing where you're going to land or not knowing where you're going to land. Okay. And, you know, assuming that sort of thing. But yeah, not a great metric for tracking it until later on. So then the, the weird topic to bring up, I'm going to throw this to Derry first. I think she would know about this than, than the two of you gentlemen would. But I asked Scott about this. 
way earlier in the year with the Mythic World first with uh, with Argus and the Argus clear anyway and the Mythic rating scene and you talked about and you brought up the analytics and the math behind just how much this has grown PVE competitive World of Warcraft is there any chance that that'll also affect the world first race in the rating scene because of the popularity and growth for Mythic Dungeons? Um, I don't think we'll ever see rating monetized um, in this way competitively for just logistically. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> dang it. It's supposed to be family friendly. Well, I'm terrible at this way. You're awful. Um, yep. Um, but, uh, but right. So I don't think it could be monetized because trying to monetize something that, you know, 20 times 20 people are doing oh, in a tournament setting would be an absolute, uh, nightmare. But, um, but I do think we're about to see the dawn of another type of monetization of the world first race, which is probably Twitch based. So um, I think that the hype over PVE and wanting to watch PVE is, is really strong. And it kind of goes like both ways because not only do people want to watch it, but it's a lot of money out of streamers' pockets for them to have to take time off. And I mean, actually, the, I mean, the boys can attest to this because when they were on practicing on tournament realms and stuff, I mean, they're not on stream and right. they turn streams off. And so that's just cash money gone, subs, everything. So for raid uh, like for raiders and stuff every time they have to turn those streams off then it's a lot a big loss of money so like earlier this expansion we started to see more raid teams that were not necessarily considered candidates for world first yeah but maybe they were like cool with being top 25 like whatever and they took the money and i mean they were getting three four or five thousand views some of these streamers that were not wouldn't really have ever been on the front page of of wow twitch before just bringing in crazy numbers right. so it, it's only a matter of time before the big dogs are like yeah you know it's time to get a piece of that so so you know does does mdi help with that yeah i think mdi has helped bridge a gap this would be normally like the super dead time in an expansion and instead we've had like exciting things to root for up until almost pre-patch We've had this going on, and it's kept the hype alive. So I do think that will transition well as we go into uh, raid progress, especially since there's likely not MDI until, you know, first, maybe even second quarter of 2019. So we've got a long wait for another MDI uh, process to, to kind of restart. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was curious about, because months ago, there was no chance of it and now obviously as it's slowly showing that over a hundred thousand people just on the twitch stream for the mdi finals are interested in watching hard end game competitive pve that and the world first race obviously gets twitter a buzz and wow progress going and all the posts all the social medias and everyone talks about it and then the world first whoever gets the kill turns on their broadcast and then poof, everyone jumps in so i wonder how that would change because obviously the the atmosphere of a world first mythic guild is quite different than just watching these guys refined in a mythic plus dungeon. Obviously, there's five of them versus twenty, so I wonder how that would how that would be. But I definitely think that that battle for Azeroth would bring that that change. So we'll have to wait and see. 
On the dungeon topic, though, I have like a whole bunch of like little nitty gritty questions I want to keep throwing back and forth here. So I'll go back to JB on this one. And you sort of touched on it a little bit, but how do you, how have you done apparently over 5,000 or so Mythic Plus dungeons? And how do you not find them boring or repetitive even after the hundredth time in the same dungeon? Like, how do you keep what part of you likes that? And how do you explain why you do this, what you do? I'm going to, I'm going to say this, like, it's going to sound like a joke and I don't mean it to be a joke. Like sure. I mean it hundred percent seriously. I Googled the symptoms of autism after probably six months of doing mythic plus, because oh, no. I'm like, there's no way that anyone could enjoy doing something this much for this long. Like, am I going to find out? that I'm autistic, like in my thirties, like, is that how, is that how I'm going to find out? And like I said, I don't mean this to be a joke. I actually did this because I was actually like, I've never enjoyed a game this much for this long right? and doing the same thing every day. And it, it like, it, I, I have no idea. I, I keep expecting to hit a wall at some point, like to just wake up one day and be like, what the hell? Like, why am I still doing mythic plus? This is stupid. I should do something else. But like every day I wake up and I'm like, let's do more mythic plus I'm ready to go. And I've, like I said, I, I have no idea why it's still appealing to me. It's just, it's fun. It's like every dungeon you go in and you try to see, can I do it better, faster than I did last time? Uh, can we push the key up? There, you know, there's just a, I think the ability to scale it infinitely gives you something new to it. You know, with a raid, you just, you kill it. And then right. that's, that's the difficulty of the bosses. That's it. Once you killed it, that's, that's as hard as it's ever going to be. And some people enjoy going back in and trying to parse and, you know, do crazy, you know, let's try to one heal this fight, things like that. But the, you, you can only make those things so difficult, so much of a challenge. Um, but with Mythic Plus, you can just keep pushing yourself harder and harder and um, higher and higher. And so I think that keeps it, even though it's the same pool of dungeons every time and um, that, you know, the same pool of affixes have existed the entire expansion, it's just been something that you can keep iterating and Mitt, what do you what are your thoughts on the same same topic then too because you're in the same boat. so as a for the most part my team keeps me both sane and insane uh <laughs> okay. running the same dungeons uh all day every day for fun for loss of sanity whatever it is you know uh we joke around we have a good time and being able to do that is it keeps it whole for me. It keeps it real. And otherwise, like I, I don't think I could, you know, sit through the same dungeon thousands of times over and and just kill another boss. But yeah, he mentioned it. Dungeons scale infinitely, and being able to push yourself further and further, and see something new or try new things without it really being that punishing. You know, punishing 19 other people versus punishing four. But you know, uh, it makes it enjoyable. It makes it a lot better being able to play with the same team and the same great group of people. The I wanted to relate this in some way when I was writing the notes, and obviously we just had SGDQ just finish up, and they broke over $2 million for Doctors Without Borders, which is freaking insane. But obviously all of that is built off the back of speedrunners and the speedrunning community. So do you sort of feel that that's has a similar hook? Because I don't know if I don't know you guys any, do any... Do you speedrun, you know, Mario 64 in your free time? I don't know if that's part of where this has come from, because that's sort of what this is akin to, obviously in a the bubble of World of Warcraft. But because it's still a speedrun 
at least into a certain degree. But then there's always, like you said, there's new things to figure out, or maybe a new poll to do, or maybe even like a new... Not right now, there's not new comps to run, I would argue, but is that what you would kind of put it... I don't know who wants to field the speedrunning topic, but I guess it's it's similar, right? Uh, Similarly, yeah. Uh, you definitely... I mean, it is about running, you know, as quickly as you can, or pushing as high as you can go, and... Right. I think as you go, they start to disassociate, where it's not hmm. pushing it as quickly as you can, it's pushing it as safely or as uh, efficiently as you can, where right. you can do the same things repeatedly and get the same dungeon down and get a new key, get a higher key, and keep going, and it becomes less about going as quick and more so about more consistent. So well, like you're not going to get a 29 key. And I, I would long. say that the, I think a lot of the speedrunning community is built around trying to find ways to glitch a game, like figure out ways that you can shave uh, minutes or hours off of a game by finding bugs, clearly unintended, and exploiting those. And uh, obviously still the speedrunning requires a great deal of skill, but if you're trying to finish it as quickly as you can, any way that you can to... to to knock time off of it, whether it was an intended gameplay mechanic or not, is something that you're going to utilize. And I think in a lot of ways, Mythic Plus uses the same things where you're going into these dungeons and it's like, all right, here's how we think the dungeon should run, but is there anything we can do to, like, get around? So is there Are there mobs we can skip? Is there CC we can use that, like, probably shouldn't work the way that it's working, but it does work that way? And uh, if, if we can pull it off, you know, we could drop two minutes off this key and so there does become a hunt for what are the right. things that are like kind of gray areas and an exploit? Is it clever use of game mechanics right. to finish these dungeons as fast? Yeah, well, that's that's sort of what I was leading into because obviously in the past we've had challenge modes, like the initial version of challenge modes for Mop and Warlords. And there were always those, yeah, go on your mount and jump on your mount here and get off and you can hook on this ledge and jump over this entire corner and pull a boss through the wall or whatever, right? And Blizzard goes like, oh, well, that's not intentional, so let's fix that in the future. And then we go into Legion with the Mythic Plus system, and we have some tomfoolery that still, of course, takes place. Granted, certain aspects of doing that, I'm not going to bring up individual parts because those are not allowed at the MDI. People have been disqualified for clever use of game mechanics or, or exploits in that sense. So they've honed in on that a little bit more, but now going into Battle for Azeroth, all the dungeons are going to be have this knowledge, hopefully, at the baseline. So that's why I wonder, are what's going to come out of that, and what are the, is the community going to break in that regard to find out all the different intricacies and different polls and different timings and different windows that you can actually approach that? Because I guess in the speedrunning you know, relationship, it's more like doing like a 100% run, not just like an any percent speed clear. So that's how, like collecting all the suns, right? And the whole damn game or whatever. And that's what you guys are basically trying to figure out. So yeah, the Everbloom jump comes up. Yeah, stuff like that. <sighs> so it's very curious, interesting to see how that will evolve forward. So, because you definitely can't, get any of that method has been i think overall very close to but never has had a really big red flag at least the mythic raiding scene and other raid teams have in the world first race before where they've been 
bands and uh, achievements removed. But because the community will always try to figure something out, but it's always a little bit too far sometimes. But that brings me, of course, to the whole community impact now. And these are a lot of questions that are submitted by my Discord. So we've got some, these are like nitty gritty-ish kind of things leading into this. And the joke one, as you both have touched on a little bit there too. What are your thoughts on the class and spec diversity in Mythic Plus Dungeons? Because right now, it's pretty much Blood DK and the Windwalker Monks. And Rest of Druids are Holy Paladins most of the time. So... Is that still going to be a thing, at least from what you've gathered so far with, with Battle for Azeroth? Are you finding a meta already forming, or should there be a lot more diversity in that? I like the healer side of this first with you, JB. What do you think? Um, well, certainly there was obviously a pretty strict meta in at least MDI. I, I, maybe not quite as much in pushing live keys, although live keys have, have gotten to that point. But in the MDI, you saw, obviously, every, like, literally every team ran a Blood DK. There was either a Holy Pally or a Resto Druid on every team in Globals, and I think, like, 97% of the teams in Regional. Uh, DPS was a little more open. And actually, I would say that um, one of the things that I think came out of the MDI regarding class diversity that... Like, I, I think people looked at a lot of comps in MDI and said, like, oh, wow, everyone's playing Windwalker, everyone's playing Warlock, um, everyone's playing Rogue, things like that. Uh, but I would say that if you look at the teams that ended up being the most successful, uh, there were a lot of examples of people sticking to the class they played on live and not necessarily switching off of it in a way that I think in a purely meta approach would not have been the correct choice. But, like, you saw... Dr. J, stay on a mage, who I think most people would have said going into the tournament, like, mage has its strengths, and there are certain dungeons where mage is, is really good, but you don't want to bring a mage into every dungeon, and it's it's going to hurt you in a lot of dungeons. And Jay made it work. Like, Jay just, he blew everything up. And the same with uh, Dora Shell on Shell's Angels. Stuck with uh, Boomkin in the entire tournament, and it was just, like, nobody but, like brought it, especially in regionals where... Weapons were 970. Um, the strength of a Boomkin was just uh, like neutered compared to what you could get from a lot of the, the melee classes that relied less on the scaling of their weapon. Um, but they made it work. And uh, I think that you saw players that stuck with classes they knew really, really, really well could still um, perform at an exceptionally high level. Right. So, you know... I, I hesitate to say that the meta is unbreakable, but obviously you're going to see um, players do well with certain classes, classes that are more tailored towards surviving in high keys. Um, and y even on beta, you started to see players gravitate towards certain classes. It's looking like for Mythic Plus, a lot of people are trending towards Holy Paladins or Disc Priests. Um, it's tough to draw a lot of conclusions from that because... Dungeons are still getting tuned. Classes are still getting tuned. Um, and I think for right now, it's it's almost more about like what you see people on beta doing. Like uh, I, I have a lot of people come into my chat and say like, man, I see everyone playing Disc Priest. Is, is Resto Druid dead? And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it might be if everyone that you see is playing Disc Like that's the problem is 
Everyone that tunes into a beta stream sees people playing Disc Breeze, so they go, wow, Rest must suck. Does Rest of Druid suck? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it yet on beta. I don't know. But uh, if you're just tuning in, if you're watching what other people are doing, you might come to the conclusion, like, Rest of Druid is dead. I'm not even going to try to play it. Um, and so it's, uh, the meta gets dangerous in that regard, where there may be classes out there that are actually totally viable, but you just, nobody plays them, so nobody's going to try playing them. And then, and then you get this, you know, narrative of like with well, here are the only six classes that you can use to push keys yeah try anything outside of that then you're you know doomed to fail right now you bring up i've gone over this with all of my beta testing and i talk about this and get asked a lot about the state of mythic plus and even in just my testing that's actually been a lot more of a prevalent question than just raids the raid nonsense of course is that you're going to want to have you need to have your your warrior Battle shout, you need a priest for fortitude, you need a mage for int, then you want a de demon hunter for damn it, chaos brand, and then a monk for mystic touch. That's like five locked in slots now for mythic raids, right? So it's five of your of your of your twenty. And then everything else basically comes down to like what your raid's gonna put together. And of course, we'll see like the top, you know, four or five guilds in their uh their world first kills and their their high ranked kills have, you know, oh they didn't bring any boomkins. Why not? I don't know. But at Mythic Plus, it's only five spots. So when you keep seeing like all the same specs and classes specifically being played, that's a curious point to bring up. And I don't know if Blizzard has ever thought about looking at that. I don't know if they, they have any rules or regulations about that going forward or what their thoughts of their dev teams going forward. But they, you know, for Mitt, you play DPS then, and it came up about, you know, what you were playing as well at the MDI. But what are you seeing in the DPS side of things for for specs obviously way more than the healer meta but is it because the the whole aoe way that the game is changing and the next question of course brings up a lot more of this so don't don't jump ahead of me on the notes but <laughs> what do you think in the dps side of things for for mythic plus going into to battle for azeroth so i think typically a lot of classes fall fairly close within a reasonable range of like dps um for Mythic Plus, considering, and, and most of the time what changes a lot is whether something has a lot of utility or very little. Right. Um, like, I remember running with a Rhett Paladin back in the day when they were, like, garbage. I mean, <laughs> Rhett Paladin wheelchair memes all day long, you know? Right. And, but he would he would pump, he'd do crazy, crazy damage, and just brings an extra bop and bubble to the group where he's where you would normally struggle with, an like, not having an immunity. Not a question anymore. Um being able to cheese a mechanic or whatnot, like, easy. And I think as long as stuff falls within a reasonable range of DPS and isn't completely broken, like a lot of things are on beta right now, um, or you see things be really, really strong right now, but might be a broken trait that they're nerfing by, you know, two damage and it's fake. Who knows? Um, but for the most part, things fall fairly close, and it'll be a utility question in the end, whether something brings a lot, whether it's sustainable, whether you have high damage and survivability, whether you're good at uh, living fights like right now, like Herja, you know, I can live that fight essentially all day long, but uh, damage will suffer for sitting in bear form for an hour, but, you know, that sort of utility where you can keep eating mechanics all day long without needing something is pretty valued, and you can add in a squishier class by having those around. Um, but as long as it follows the same directive where, you know, utility is still king for Mythic Plus and it's getting even 
more so they're bringing back like Soothe and Hibernate, right? Yep. For balance specifically and just even more utility added onto it, which is great. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah, the stun. Uh, looking forward. That was the like the stun meta has changed, like stun reduction across the board, and snares and slows are different. The whole madness where kiting is going to be weird now. So I don't know if you know like the specifics of the movement speed stuff that we have seen on the beta yet, but like all like the twenty and thirty percent snares that a lot of passive slows have been reduced to, those don't. You can't kite with that. You can't run around. A lot of big pulls in Mythic Plus are like, yank everything together with a blood decay and then run, right? And run around the whole middle of Neltharian's lair or run down the, the ramp in, in Kara. So, like, there's... You won't be able to do that anywhere near as much unless someone brings the real slows because a lot of those don't exist. And you have to obviously, you know, big bring that beforehand. It's a lot harder, right. I think, to make sure you have those. But... We have a... Uh... We've gone into some packs on teaming this week while we were streaming keys, and we're like, what? We have to CC this pack? Like, normally it's pull it and kite it, or pull it and stun yeah. it, and you're fine, and now it's like, okay, we're not messing with that pack, and this guy sees through and biz, you're kind of screwed. Like, run through and die. Just, you yeah. know, new things will be popping up, hopefully. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to change. So I put on here on the notes, like, you know, there, there's no legendaries, there's difference in Azerite gear, and of course, difference in class balancing and tweaks, different healers, like the sleeper OP, Mistweaver. I don't know, JB, you could try some Mistweaver on the beta because it's like, it's real good. <laughs> in five vans, it's I've scary heard. good. Yeah. So, I mean, baseline stun and you still get the fart cloud, like, or ring of peace, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes because I think a lot of the class design that I have noticed is that Blizzard has tried to move around things based on what this meta of Legion's MDI was, noticing these huge pratfalls in certain specs. But the next bit here, oh, this question, I don't even know. I was totally supportive of Blizzard in this change, even though I don't do what you guys do. So how do you think the removal of gear swapping in Mythic Plus in Battle for Azeroth is going to affect. Is it a positive change overall? Do you not like it? Does it remove min-maxing? So if you don't know, you have to lock in, obviously, your talents and things when you start Mythic Plus Dungeon. But now all of your gear is also locked. You can no longer switch trinkets. You can't switch to defensive gear. You can't change any of that out. You're locked for the whole run. So I don't know who... JB, if you want this first. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I'll start by saying... Uh... If I was given the choice between gear swapping and not gear swapping, I would choose gear swapping. So, mm. I, like, let me preface with that. But sure. then I would say that I think that the um, the community's reaction to it has been, I think, from most of the top end, has been rather extreme. Um, I think a lot of that comes with Legion in mind, the idea of legendaries and yep. gear sets, thinking about... Like when people imagine not being able to gear swap, they imagine Legion not being able to gear swap. And that'd be a really big deal if you're stuck in legendaries and tier uh, for an entire dungeon. I don't think it'll be as big of a deal in BFA uh, because the removal of tier and legendaries means that I think there's going to be less like gear specific things that you can do with your character. But having said that, there's still a lot of instances where you would run a, a particular trink. And I think really this this comes down to the trinket slot as much as any. There are a lot of, of fights where you would run a very particular trinket either to survive it or for AoE or single target 
that would have um, an outsized impact on your performance in that fight. And there are a lot of dungeons right now when people push keys. And that's where I think this really comes into focus is when you get up into these 26s, 27s, 28s, 29s, even 30s, you have a lot of bosses where your class can't survive. It just can't. Like, sure. you're dead. And the only way to survive is to run very specific defensive trinkets and keep yourself alive um, by, uh, like, Fell Shield Emitter, I think, is the one that stands out currently. Yeah. And if you don't have the emitter on for that fight or someone else has the emitter on to put on you for that fight, your class is just dead. You can't survive. That's not fun. And the idea of running an entire dungeon with a mitter on to use, like, I think the best example would be um, Halls of Valor. The only fight you would run a mitter on, I think, for Halls of Valor, well, maybe Heimdall, but definitely Herja. Uh, and to have to run the entire dungeon with a mitter on, like eating up one of your trinkets on, just so you can live through Herja on a high level, is going to feel really bad. Right. And maybe that's not, maybe those one shot mechanics aren't going to be prevalent in. BFA. Uh, I don't know that we've had a good sense yet of whether those are going to exist, but locking in that gear is for for people doing like low to mid level keys. You know, it's probably not going to be a big change in the way that they do it. But a lot of times, you when you push these high keys, you need. It's not just a question of like efficiency or min maxing. It's like you need some of this stuff to live through these keys. You cannot do these keys without it but it's going to slow you way down having this gear on. Um, and I mean, maybe that's the way Blizzard wants to do it. Maybe they maybe they want to force you. If you want to play defensive, you have to lock into being defensive. You're not, you're not going to have an sure. avoidance set that you put on one time a dungeon. you got to make the choice at the beginning of the dungeon. Like, if I'm running avoidance, I'm running avoidance. Like, I've, it's not going to be a switch it around for the pulls. I'm going to wear all this you know, crappy, you know, 930 avoidance gear that I have the entire dungeon and not just for one boss. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's for those of us that have, that have grown up in a, in a world where we can gear swap, it's, it's going to be awkward and clunky for a while. I'm sure we'll get used to it, but okay. would prefer not to be forced into that. I, I, yeah, I had a different, I mean, obviously I'm looking at this from like the outside, like I'm more of a spectator in this regard. Like I run my, my 15s right now, but I just, outside of that, I don't really do the, the pushing keys. So all Dragon Slay mythic, in the, you know, the mythic raids, but I won't, I don't know, mythic plus keys to me. That's why I was looking at this as like a, in a raid setting, which is what Blizzard put as their, their rationale. You obviously can change between wipes, but you know, boss fights, 6, 8, 12, 15 minutes, mythical Dan, then you can't change anything in combat. And I think they want that to feel like now that Mythic Plus is sort of parallel, that the whole dungeon is the the run that you're doing. So you have to pick your talents, your gear, lock it in, good to go. The counterpoint to that, of course, now comes up that the community goes like, well, every group now needs a warlock. I don't, do you foresee war? They're not going to allow it at NDI. They're not going to allow you to just like port out and take a summon back in. Like they're not going to let you do that. So what's, what's that take? I don't know. From the, you can go over to Mitt for the DPS side. You always going to bring a warlock now or you just got to just deal with it and go with it and, and make your group before you go in, right? Do you need two specs at AOE and one at single target. You all need to go AOE. You all need to go single target. You all need to go defensive. Like, how is that going to build around the possibility of warlock shenanigans, which I don't think should be a thing. 
Uh, I mean, I hope not. I mean, I'd be alright seeing Warlocks deleted from the game. They're always overpowered. You know, that's fine. Um, wow. You know, get them out. We'll be good. But wow. the the uh, I don't know. For me, it, it stretches back a while. Like challenge modes, you've always been able to change your gear, change whatever. And it was about exploiting like certain mechanics and yeah. porting up to a boss immediately. Like Skyreach, you could teleport to the first boss with the Swap Buster uh, immediately. It's being able to do exploits and uh, gear swaps and all that, it's always been a thing, and I think it always allows the opportunity for exploiting. Like, back in the day, it was, again, another trinket. You could just one-shot a boss. Like, it's not overpowered or anything like that. Um, and with seeing the the uh, ability to, like, change your gear, go away, and all that, I think that it'll be fine, or at least I hope that it will. It'll all be on their end whether or not the dungeons are balanced properly and whether you can continuously push. Like, when you hit a 30 uh, or a 29 or whatever, like, Morose is going to be really, really bad. But, um, and a 15, is you can shrug it off. I mean, you don't even need a healer. Uh, so I hope that going forward, they keep mechanics like those in mind, keep them in check, and don't allow you to, hey, I bought that off for the first four, you know. Uh, something that our group has had a lot of struggles with and fighting about. Like, uh, just being able to cheese certain mechanics like that, and if they keep it all fairly in line, where you don't need an emitter for one boss out of the dungeon, where right. you don't need... And, and practicing for the MDI, you know, I experienced that, the actual need for a trinket versus, hey, I just don't bear form and I'm fine. Uh, you know, actually needing something versus, like, wanting to lock it in for the whole dungeon, I hope that they keep that in mind, where they don't make one boss out of the whole dungeon just so awful where you need a trinket going in from the very beginning. And right. that it's not, hey, we need three immunities for this boss because I can't heal any of you and I'm not wearing eight trinkets for the whole dungeon. You know? Something like <laughs> yeah. that. I hope they keep that in mind and just keep it fairly well checked. Well, that's... I mean, that leads into the new Keystone Affix system, though. And... Some would say overall that Mythic Plus is going to get harder now because of this change. A little more streamlined, at least at the base level. But, I mean, level 2 is now fortified or tyrannical. And then you get an affix of 4 and 7. And then, of course, the 2, 4, and 7s are going to change weekly. And then your level 10 now is your seasonal raid-inspired affix. And it looks like at the moment, of course, they'll just probably keep the, the balancing at, like, 10 being the, the top. It stops there. And they'll roll that forward every tier and then squish and then buff and do whatever they need to do. But is that... Because that determines so much more now. Now you don't need to worry about, you know, the tyrannical at the later stage. You guys obviously have all the keys involved in the first place. But now you can build from the ground up. Do you think that's a better system overall? Is it the new Mythic Plus Keystone system with the four affixes going to be a lot better of a tuning fork? For the mythic, you know, mythic plus scene, I guess, and making your groups and how you survive and what you go forward with. Like, I don't know who wants these uh, questions because these are <laughs> these are all over the place. It, it's hard to know right away going into it because, like, you until you get further gear and things are actually like finalized, it's going to be very difficult to tell. But right. I know, like, right now the early on affixes are very punishing at the lower levels when you have more gear. So if you're leveling up a key or you're boosting a key. And you're boosting a 15, and you know you just want to pull the whole dungeon as a bursting. Well, can you live after the pack's over? Is it so worth pulling everything? Uh, 
So having fortified early on or having tyrannical early on could get pretty bad with scaling, but hopefully right. it doesn't get too overtuned to the point where, hey, we're looking at Herja and now you know, what was the 28 is now like a 35 or something like that with, with scaling on the boss and you know mechanics getting out of control really quickly. I hope that it doesn't go that direction, but I can't make that call. But I don't know. I, I think that it could be a good change having fortified early on. I'd be all right if it was only fortified, of course, you know. Um, we'll see where that goes. But I think that a seasonal affix could be pretty good, could be um, a decent way of mixing it up throughout the season, I guess, where right now it's like we've been running the same affixes throughout many, many months now where the keys don't change. The only recent change has been the concordance change. Um, but for the most part, nothing changes, and you're doing the same dungeon. Nothing has changed. No gear, no nothing. But they changed, like, what, uh, Sanguine or something to Necrotic instead, I think Volcanic. And, uh, you know, that that's, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but not overwhelming. But just a, a change among the affixes throughout the season would be decent. Yeah, I actually don't know yet. I put down here, too, that, like... Are there any new affixes that are being put in? I know they were talking about adding more and the whole kiss curse affix mechanic, but I don't think there's any. The only new one I thought about, I've heard about now, is the the Gahoon Parasite one, the season one, Mythic Ten affix. So, do, do you don't have any other ones? I don't know if chat knows if there are any other affixes that have been confirmed or watched on streams. I don't know if you guys have seen any other ones. I don't think anything else is coming. Right. It's the one that I've really experienced. I haven't, I haven't really heard or kept up that well with all the other ones recently, but uh, that is the only one that I've really heard of or seen firsthand, I guess. They had data-mined ones, but haven't appeared yeah. yet. Huh. Correct. Interesting. <laughs> the Ret Pally affix. Come on! What does that mean? Ret Pallies are weird now. They don't have anywhere near as much AoE as they used to. It's be, we'll have to see. But... I wonder how that will, because that makes me wonder about, like, is there going to be an MDI every raid tier to take use of the seasonal nah. affix? I, I would say the most you're ever going to see of an MDI is, every, is, like, twice a year. Twice a year. And it's just, it takes too long. Like, this last MDI, I think, basically a three-month affair. So if you were going to try to do more than two a year, you're basically getting to the point where you finish an MDI, give teams, like, a month or two, to kind of cool off and then start another MDI up and you would be as someone who competed in the MDI, knowing the time requirements of it, that would be like a full-time job. If you were trying to compete in every <laughs> MDI, it would just be that's you're now just a guy who does MDI because you can't, if you're going to take it seriously, you have to spend a lot of time every, like the entirety of the MDI we spent, you know, routinely spending four or five, six hours a day practicing for it. Yeah. That's what I was kidding. Well, you said like twice a year, but that is roughly what a, a raid tier comes out to be. Like about half a year is going to be one raid tier, at least in this sense. With Blizzard going forward with this two-year cycle, if that's going to be the, the the push, half the year is you know tier one, second half of the year is tier two, third half you know the first half of the next year is tier three, and then there's six months of beta. Right. Yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be the hook. Which I don't know. I mean. Zorbrix would know more about this, of course, but he probably can't say anything about how they're going to be planning the next season of MDIs because the devs are putting in all this work to make a new seasonal affix. And if we don't see like one push per, it would be kind of weird, but 
I guess that, that's okay. I think one interesting thing that came up too is Blizzard never expected there to be so much crossover between players. So you actually have, I mean, they would, you'd have a legitimate concern if you had people that want to compete in progression rating, but they can't because they have to choose between that and NDI. Oh, yeah. And then you have like a few crazies, like shout out to Trill. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he is definitely the exception to the rule um, that can do PvP and PvE, but I don't know. I, I think there has to be a little ebb and flow of when these things happen. I mean, that's kind of the point. We want WoW content steadily throughout a cycle. And if everything happens at the same time, then that right. doesn't seem like it would actually be good. That would definitely be difficult, for sure. Because that brings up an armor question, actually. It's almost like Derry can see the notes. Or she didn't, and she's just that good. But I asked about, or I have written down here about the Azerite armor pieces... And at least in that regard, gear, does, do you think there is enough gearing from Mythic Plus and Battle for Azeroth to just compete with just that gear? Or would you then also need to mythically raid to then do Mythic Plus at a high level? Because obviously there's, there's different gear from both. Like, I think in Legion right now, people would tell you that you need to do mythic rating push keys at a high level but there are exceptions to that like i know um for instance like muscle bra or smock are two guys that don't raid at i don't think have, have finished mythic or uh, finished mythic raids yet and and don't have necessarily a ton of mythic rating gear and still push keys at the absolute highest level so i don't know that you ever need to raid mythically to to potentially have a crack at, at world first dungeons but certainly there are always going to be items that are made and in fact legion i think was kind of notorious for having most of the best aoe trinkets come from raids which always felt a little weird because there was not uh, a lot of aoe opportunities in raids uh where a lot of these where a lot of these trinkets that were dropping you know they would drop and, and nobody would really want them because like what well, there's no bosses where i need to nuke down at a time so uh you you'd have these things drop and it would just be all the mythic plus guys their eyes would light up instantly when the trinkets would drop and they go let me get that let me get that let me right. i need that and there'd be no desire for it from the raiders it would just be the guys that did keys all day they would want those things. and that like kind of bugged me because i'm like why are you like is no one designing the loot trying to figure out where the loot would be most acceptable, like where it'd be most appropriate to have things drop. And I'm sure it's going to be the same thing uh, BFA where you just have certain trinkets um, that drop out of the raid. Or Azerite pieces. There's going to be some Azerite, I'm sure, Azerite trait combinations that drop out of raids that you're like, that's really good for Mythic. Like That particular combination of Azerite traits is going to be really stellar for Mythic Plus. I need that. You know, I need those shoulders that helm that drops out of the raid. There's nothing like that that comes out of Mythic Plus, so I need those pieces. Now, do you actually need them to push at the highest level? Probably. But there's always going to be something that's desirable for the Mythic Plus community that comes out of raids. And Mythic rating is always going to be the best way to get the highest eye level of thing. So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be people that, that continue to feel like, yes, I have to raid at a Mythic level in BFA to stay competitive. Yeah, just to and to confirm something for for Chad or for when listening in this regard to a recent change now is that 
there, there's tiering in your, your Mythic Weekly cash, basically. So doing a 10 for the season you're in will always reward the Mythic Raid level loot. And then doing a 7 is heroic, a 4 is normal, and then the base amount before a 4 is basically LFR, which is like 5 more than a Mythic Flat. But then in your, if you do a 10, um, at least in this regard, it sounded like that the higher your tier of what you've accomplished the week before actually gives you more gear in your box. No longer are we going to be in this realm where we only get one piece of gold every week from a Mythic Plus box. There actually is the potential to gain multiple pieces, and it's weighted towards Azerite gear because there is no Azerite armor farmable in Mythic Plus. It only comes from flat dungeons, just Mythic Zeros. So I wonder how that is going to curve, because if Mythic Plus key pushers can do Mythic raids and do your tens and get your three more pieces of Mythic loot for you a week, I almost wonder if doing both is going to bell curve you even higher than doing the way you do it now. So I wonder how that's going to... Or if you just do Mythic Plus because you get more guaranteed loot because the new personal loot change. You can clear a whole Mythic run and get nothing. Woo! <laughs> ah. Oh, that's going to go. But, because, oh man, these three questions to me give me such a headache. And of course, I'll we'll, we'll trickle it down from you guys, figuring all this stuff out when this system is a big push, but we'll find out. Mitt, do you know, uh, I guess, or both of you, I don't know how, because you just got done off the Mythic Plus Legion junket, so how much beta you've you've devolved here, and of course, chat might know as well. Are weapons rolling up in Mythic Plus in Battle for Azeroth? I thought that there was like a not confirmed thing yet. Like weapons dropping in Titan Forging from right. uh, Plus? Yeah, I've definitely had that. And I've definitely gotten majority of the gear that I've gotten has actually been weapons. Lucky or not, I don't know. Right. Um, but they are. I hope that they and I and I've heard that they're you know putting a cap on how high they can Titan Forge. Mm -hmm. I hope that it's within reason. And it's not like okay they can like you know, an eighty Titan Forge or something like that. It's like a five or a ten would be within reason and keep it fairly well balanced. Um, but I hope. But again, I don't know that there would be a, a total separation from from Raid and, and Mythic Plus, uh, or not a total, but mostly separate. Where you know you're not going to need to get the trinkets or weapons from raid uh to be able to do well or really high in plus but i think it, it, chat's all talking about this right now and, and shack is saying that actually frag has a titan forged weapon so it confirms it goes up to at least plus 15 because azurite gear does not roll up azurite gear drops whatever level you're at and again the, the bracketing happens so when you're actually clearing a, a mythic zero you're just at the mythic zero level and then again there's no azurite gear in the mythic plus system until your box comes away on every tuesday or wednesday and that'll be based on what you've cleared up to a 4, up to a 7, up to a 10. So, but that's the weapon spamming farming in the Mythic Plus world will come into play because, again, weapons are a thing. And it's less important in some regards for the casters, and in this case, you know, JB with healers, because a weapon on a melee DPS normally is going to scale a bit differently now with the whole damage scaling formula. So people were like, oh, melee are going to just wreck Mythic Plus now. But I don't know if that's a thing you guys have heard about or, or seen. So I can see it. 
I can see it going that way. I know there are, or at least I'm fairly certain that there are weapons out there that have certain effects. Like I have one on beta where I get like haste, uh, like a haste proc, and it's a stacking haste proc. Yep. I mean, that makes it even more significant again for, for ranged, or not more than melee, but you know, more significant than just a regular weapon, or having a Titan Forged weapon versus a, a War Forged weapon with an effect or something like that. Um, yeah, I was curious. So it could be, yeah, it could be, it could be pretty good, but at the same time, having to farm that one thing. Needing that one thing specifically is going to be awful. So, yep, I'm very curious about this. I always can concern myself with systems involved in the loot game in this regard. So I wonder how that's going to to change things. I mean, and, and JB, how do you feel with the the level bracketing then and the confirmed loot and it's all just just by cut up, very simple, very straightforward as well, and the conferring of loot being a lot more direct. Because I don't know how many weeks you've gone with getting total garbage out of your mythic plus chest to help you push keys you're not getting the loot you could help you with so this should be a good thing yeah yeah i mean anytime you've got the uh anytime it's straightforward I something that we appreciate most people that just uh like that that's been one of the things i think that's been maybe kind of feels bad about legion is that at a certain point in Mythic Plus, you just stopped caring about like I haven't gotten anything out of Mythic Plus itself, right? Out of the out of the dungeon, I, I cannot remember the last time I got an upgrade out of a dungeon. And uh, you know, I'll have people like if I put a vod up on YouTube or something, um, you you I would cut it off like right at the end of the dungeon, and people would be like, "Show loot! Why didn't you show you? Why didn't you show yourself <laughs> opening the chest?" And I'd be like, you know, the last time something exciting happened when I opened the chest, like it just, it just doesn't anymore. So, um, yeah, need like needing that, that RNG has never sat well with me as a mythic plus room. And I would like more just, here's what you're going to get. And yeah. That sounds like it. I just hope that I wonder if how the eye level balancing is going to work because again, the the max cap of gear that'll drop for Mythic Plus now will be heroic raid, and then of course you get the guaranteed stuff if you push a ten plus from the Mythic bump. So I wonder how that will feel, or if you know you can get heroic stuff out of your chest, but then if if other than Azerite gear, it's not going to roll up, but all your other stuff could. Still, again, little systems we haven't had confirmed yet on how your gearing will be. Because people always want to know that if they can just play Mythic Plus and has they, that's the other progression path than raiding, but it still always comes back around to that raiding still usually gives you the better edge. But not because of personal loot now. You really can't funnel loot to your Mythic Plus raiders. You can't move loot around really anymore. Unless it's not an upgrade for you. So we'll have to see how that works. But do you have, from your knowledge so far... This has like a three-pronged question here, and then we'll open chat to some Q&A for a little bit. Do you have a favorite dungeon that you've played through so far in Battle for Azeroth that is going to be really fun to play Mythic Plus? And then, alternatively, do you have one that you're going to dread that will be just awful in Mythic Plus? On who wants, who's done more dungeoning on the, the beta to look at this question? JB loves temple. Would, uh oh. Yeah, I would definitely throw JB some temple love. Uh, 
I know that he said he liked bosses where you know you're gonna have to struggle where it's it's difficult and it's actually like a good entertaining healer fight. Oh no! But I think he was ready to rip his hair out at the end of the, the two and a half hour mark or so on the last boss. Oh, uh, is this the, yeah? Is this the blood goop bubble no, boss? No, no, no. This oh. no. This is the guy that stands in the middle of the room and you have to heal him up. Oh, the fight is okay. just like heal the NPC in the middle of the room, and it's uh. As a disc priest, it was not real fun, which partly was just I suck at disc priest, so it That's was fair. not going to be no matter what, but it also just seems like the class isn't necessarily we We learn well things, though. We learn things, and we learn that, you know, things, uh, you can CC certain things, or the the champion, just, you know, he'll eventually one-shot the tank, so you have the tank running around like crazy the whole fight, and then it dropping aggro and thumping a, a melee or or JB down and redo the whole fight over and over and over is great, but uh, see if it stays that way or not. But um, I don't know. I, I can't think of a dungeon that I'm like really really afraid of at the moment. Um, I'm sure mm -hmm. it'll happen, but I remember Motherload at the higher level, uh, and I was I was under geared at the time, but I think. It was it was awful. We spent a long time on the last boss there as well. <laughs> it was another one that was awful, but because learning mechanics as you, get, as you go is the exciting part, and actually getting to struggle through it is uh, is interesting and and new compared to live. So pretty good. But haven't encountered one that I'm like terrified of yet. Where I'm like, okay, there's Herja and Xavier's dungeon. Nothing like that yet. Well, and uh, thinking of of dungeons that concern me, yeah, uh, from a from a competitive perspective. Thinking about temples specifically, not even the bosses, but one of the things that, uh, like, for a casual player, it's probably more fun. But as someone that's thinking about speedrunning, you get things like Temple of Sethralis, where they have the little lightning orb room that you have to, like, run through and avoid lightning orbs. And then you got a bridge yeah. with lightning orbs that, that go across it. And, like, maybe that'll always be trivial, but I could... I could very easily see that like scaling in keys, something stupid, and like you touch one of the orbs when you try to run through it and it just kills you. And I could very easily see that being a thing on MDI where someone like Temple gets picked, someone is trying to run through the orbs, you know, they lag or whatever, they hit an orb, they die, they tilt, they try to run back through it, die again. And it's those types of things that they're like, they're cute from a dungeon design perspective. It's, it's, an, novel and interesting thing but when you start getting into actually having to push keys at a high level and you think about like what types of things are gonna get really annoying on high keys i could imagine a dungeon like that going from like oh yeah it's the cool little you know lightning ball room that i have to avoid stuff in to like ah oh, jesus like if we <laughs> lose this dungeon because someone walked in there and died to one of those orbs like i'm gonna lose my mind so those are the types of things that I think there's, you know, because people have talked about, you know, they've asked, like, do you think that BFA dungeons have been designed more from a competitive, uh, like that the, the designers have had things like Mythic Plus and the MDI more in mind when they design these things? And like, maybe they have, but I, I doubt it. I don't mm. think that that world touches. I, I think that they design things from a, like, what's going to be a cool, fun dungeon to do? And then it's up to someone else to balance the dungeon to make it doable and and feel difficult but not impossible. But I don't think they get designed 
with like Mythic Plus in mind, with MDI in mind. And I would expect there to still be several dungeons of BFA where you're getting to a point in the dungeon and going like, how, how was how did this make it in? Like how yeah. how could you have Mythic Plus in this game and and release this part of the dungeon into it? And I just don't think I don't think those teams in Blizzard are like necessarily talking to each other. And I don't I don't mean that negatively. I don't mean to say like that they should be and they're and they're failing in that regard. I just I don't think that's the way that the game is being produced at the moment. Like Mythic Plus at the forefront and make sure all these dungeons are balanced for Mythic Plus. I think it's just we want to make fun dungeons. Hopefully, they work well for Mythic Plus and the MDI. Yeah, I'm curious about that point because they have... Obviously, they took challenge modes from two expansions into the Mythic Plus system in Legion. And now they are taking all of that and the two years of Mythic Plus into the new BFA Mythic Plus model. But I can imagine certain things will be interesting in that regard. Obviously, there have to be certain hooks and uh, tweaked and, and and things that hopefully don't go live like that. I know I watched uh, Preach's video on, on the temple and that room alone, and any projectiles in this game, anyone would know, obviously they don't always animate where the actual trigger is, so there's footage of him walking through the safe spot and dying. Because the orb didn't touch his model, but the orb was actually there, but it didn't show that it was there on his screen. And you can't stop that, right, with those kind of particle effects in the game. It doesn't always translate properly, and that can definitely be really annoying when you're doing what you're doing. So, yuck. We'll have to wait and see. And then things, of course, that come into play, uh, like, see the Triumvirate gets patched in, and any tyrannical key in there is like, all right. But any fortified key in there is like, it's a gauntlet for like 15 minutes. Hello? Stuff like that, they have to take that into account with the scaling, especially because Mitt brought up earlier, of course, that like at two or at, at the level two key, you get fortified or tyrannical going forward now. So that could be really scary on what's the higher keys you're going to push in, in BFA, you know, at the first part 15s, 18s. Is that going to feel like a 40 in Legion terms? Like, what? How do you do that? We'll have to see. Definitely have to see. But. We'll take some Q&A open from chat now, I guess. So if you see anything popping up in chat, if you have any questions for for Derry, for JB, or for Mitt about just the dungeons in general or the MDI, then please feel free. Toss them right there. Are you guys... My first question. The World First 30 still hasn't been done yet, has it? Nope. Nope. Are you, are you trying? Nope. <laughs> we're, we're, beta, <laughs> we're beta boys now. <laughs> You're beta boys now. Okay. Not go for the world first 30? Come on. No, there's um, a very... It's it's sad in a way. Uh, the group that... Like, the, the Method NA group that got signed had, like, was ahead of its time in its comp. And you now see that, like, the majority of these groups pushing, uh, like, world first keys are using the, the DPS template that we developed at that point which was oh. Half-Lock, Boomkin, Windwalker. And we were the first group ever running that, and we made our name off that group. Fortunately, like, we'll, we'll, we'll go with the, the MDI name. Unfortunately, Dark has decided that he's not keenly interested in playing live anymore. 
So we don't really ever get an opportunity to run with live key. And you just, you like, you need that Windwalker damage push a lot of these keys at that point. They like, no one else comes close to Windwalker damage. And without having the Windwalker on live, just, it feels real bad. Like knowing what you could be doing DPS wise, mm -hmm. and then trying to replace that with something else. So I, I think at some point it was just like, there just wasn't enough interest uh, on the NA side. You still see a lot of the European teams going for the for the 30s, and I would be surprised if one doesn't get done this week with the changes to the weapons. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we just kind of gave up. It was too hard to find people on a consistent basis to push the keys. No one seemed interested in doing it consistently anymore. I think people are looking ahead to BFA, so we're just focusing on beta now. Okay. Oh yeah, so, oh, yeah, go ahead, Mitt. I, I was just going to mention a question from chat, which was ranged versus melee Oh yeah, for, for BFA. And that's a pretty solid question. And I don't, I haven't had the first-hand experience of being melee in BFA thus far, for beta at least. But again, I think it'll be another one of those things where ranged have a lot of mechanics where they can just simply outrange it or not really have to deal with it. But melee doesn't seem overall that punishing at the moment. In fact, there are a lot of mechanics where you'd rather be closer to the mob to easily dodge it versus max range and, you know, running in or running away or whatever. Unless you have, like, a blink or something like that. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it doesn't seem overall that punishing at the moment for melee. But I can see it getting a lot worse with scaling and, and different aspects and whatnot. But overall, it's not too bad for okay. either either one. We, we we went over that a little bit earlier too with just weapon titan forging as well is definitely going to impact melee normally in a different way than a caster they just gain into spell power and some secondaries whereas like weapon damage and the new formulas that all the melee dps have i am wondering how that will 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 scale either in control or out of control numbers are very small in battle for azeroth but We'll see. We'll definitely see. People talking about, like, you know, COEN and, and whatnot for those dungeon scaling. That's what I brought up earlier because those came out. I really enjoyed when Cathedral first came out. Like, the Mythic Zero version of Cathedral at the time was like, yeah, I can get behind this. It felt good. But then the Mythic Plus scaling was hilarious. So I wonder if they can, as a personal thing, I wonder if they can, when they implement new dungeons, as they're going to do in BFA, no doubt... The Mythic Zero version doesn't have to be the only thing nerfed. Because I'll just nerf the baseline version to make the scaling okay. I wonder if they can make a way to flag a Mythic 2 versus a Mythic Zero, I guess, to keep that separate. Because now those Mythic Flats, you know, once they were nerfed multiple times, they're just, they don't do anything to you anymore. So I know there was the contention point about that one. So yeah, the new dungeons, anytime a new dungeon gets released now, it scares the hell out of me because <laughs> the Blizzard team seems uh, to always want to err on the side of making a dungeon way too hard than way too easy because I don't think they ever yeah. want to release a dungeon that's too easy and then have to come back and say like, hey, Buffy. sorry guys, this you guys are running through it way too fast. We're going to make all these bosses way harder. The trash is going to start doing new stuff that sucks and like, sorry. So I think they always err on the side of like, yeah, let's let's overtune this. If 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 it's a fifty fifty call on this, let's make it harder rather than easier. And so you get these dungeons that are just wild when you first release them. You know, 
Duel Mon like seat to this day has not been nerfed appropriately. It's still more difficult than it needs to be, pound for pound compared to every other dungeon. And it was the same with Cathedral. It was the same with Kara. Uh, and when those dungeons got released, it was just like, what? What is the deal in this dungeon? Like everything hits way too hard. There are too many mechanics. Like I just, I don't get it. And I think it's just the culture of Blizzard. Just like if we're gonna release a new dungeon, let's release it more difficult than it needs to be, and then nerf it later. Because yep. people will be happy about nerfs instead of having to buff it later. And so anytime a new dungeon comes out now, I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a weird weird point of it. Go ahead, Bit. It, it, I was going to say, it is pretty terrifying with new dungeons coming out and, and scaling what it is. You know, they, they think about it at the M0 level. They think about it, you know, for the plus five or whatever on beta. Uh, but now that they have anything plus in mind, again, hopefully they, they're thinking about this early on instead of later, but... Again, Cathedral was terrifying when it was released. You would, uh, first boss was awful, second one was a joke, third one was still a joke, and then last one, it, what, it was nerfed by like 30% for certain abilities, and the last wave was like 90%. Yeah. And it's like just to make it within reason, and it's still, you know, it can still mess you up pretty quickly, but the scaling can get pretty bad pretty quickly. So hopefully, with them thinking about the plus as early as they are, and hopefully, with a goal to make with the plus bigger. They keep that in mind and keep it more viewer-friendly and friendly for people pushing as well. Yeah. Oh, no, the Cathedral, like, 15 Cathedral Tyrannical, like, dead key. It's not that bad anymore. But you get, like, a 15 uh, freaking uh, Seal of Triumvirate. That's... Yeah. So, I don't we, even know We've how... had recent push weeks where you get, like, a 29 seat, and you're like, okay, that's the end of the week. Like... Yeah. It was a good week. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. <laughs> right. No. Um, is the JB on a Holy Paladin a real question? Or is that... Well, so... Yeah, it's been probably to my detriment. I've avoided Holy Paladin. Uh-oh. Legion. There was a lot of people in NDI that were Resto Druid players on, on live and then switched over to Holy Paladin for MDI. And we were able to make it work with me as Resto Druid. And I'm not sure that that it would have impacted our performance at all, having me on Holy Pal. I felt like there were no dungeons um, outside of 25 Lower Karazhan, which we never played. I felt like there were no dungeons where me being a Resto Druid was necessarily working against us compared to being a Holy Paladin. But I have gone sort of out of my way to avoid playing Holy Paladin because now it just feels like sort of like the man like i just don't want to i don't want to be involved with that it, it's like selling out playing a holy paladin <laughs> and so but uh. yes they still they look strong they were strong in legion they look strong going into bfa at some point if I'm trying to do right by my team i will probably give in and play some holy paladin i think what what a lot of the pointing out the, the healers out there watching the mythic plus world they always want to see the ones that are the off pick, right? It's like any MOBA or any Smash tournament when the off pick comes in, it's like, Aah! so that's why I brought up like, give Mistweaver a look, yeah, because the sleeper OP of of that is scary, and then because you know Holy Paladin got nerfed slightly, mostly on the raid stance. I don't know how big Aura of Sack was for Mythic Plus, but because um, Aura Master got buffed, but obviously Aura Sack is gutted compared to the Legion version. 
and then Restoration Druid, because of the bear form uh, HP nerf and the Frenzied Regen change, obviously lowers their sur survivability in comparison. Obviously, Holy Palace is bubble and bop, but, but now you're playing Discipline Priest a lot. The Desperate Prayer change coming back in. Obviously, Holy Priest, too, got a bunch of tweaks, and then Mistweaver. So I, I wonder how that will, will play out because it's it's interesting to see like the main raid like always have this this and this in a main raid like resto shaman holy paladin resto druid normally it's always weird that two of those went over and then resto shaman is just gone there's no misweavers like anywhere so i wonder how that will play out to see if those are going to work in battle for azeroth with how the game is changing so questions let's see here Oh, Peo wants to know for JB, how do you feel about tank balance then? Because you're the one healing them. A lot of people are complaining yeah. that damage intake is just extreme and kiting is becoming the only real solution very quickly, which is why I brought up the kiting topic way earlier about that you have to have other people help you kite now. You can't do it by yourself as a tank. So what do you think about tanks so far? It's definitely uh, noticeable that tanks just get chunked a lot harder. It's tough to say at this point, how much of that is gear? How much of that is overpulling? Because I mean, some of the times you just, it's just pack. You didn't pull extra stuff. You just pulled thing that you're supposed to pull and the tank's health drops to half instantly and then drops to one quarter in the next global. And it's kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do about this? Um, and it feels like uh, from the tank, I'm sure it feels like they need to have cooldowns up every pull. And obviously you're not going to have cooldowns up every pull. So the, only real solution to that is kite. Now, the thing is, I don't know if that's something that's just we're trying to do keys that realistically you shouldn't be doing at our gear level. Right. Maybe it feels like we should be doing them at our gear level, but that's not actually what was intended. So maybe on live, like when it gets released, maybe that becomes less of an issue and gearing quickly eliminates that problem. Um, but certainly it's very noticeable coming from live where I, there are entire trash packs where I don't heal. I just, I don't, I don't, I'm just DPSing the entire time. And now there are packs in uh, BFA where I don't like any DPSing. It's just, we're just spamming penance and shadowmen into the tank like the whole time, because if not, they're going to die. And it's a, a very marked contrast between the two. But like I said, I don't, I don't know if that's just a kind of a quirk of, of the high level in beta yeah. or if that's back going forward. Gotcha. I'm waiting for a question for Derry to come in here. Just so I want her to, to talk so I can make fart noises over it, but just troll questions from Sours. Yeah, it's fair. I saw those. <laughs> that's, I see those, but I guess, do you have any, any soapbox? Do you want to get up on and, and end the show with any thoughts about the future? You know, thoughts about any any shout-outs you need to you throw out there to anyone else that you haven't earlier? I don't know. I'll go with... We'll, we'll end with Derry. She gets to think about this. But, I mean, JB, do you want to have anything you want to end note, end cap with overall? Um, well, on the topic of shout-outs, uh, I would like to do a big shout-out to Sorbrix and Gara, the, the runners of the MDI tournament. Honestly, that thing was... It was ridiculous how how well that tournament was run for, and I know Blizzard has experience running tournaments before, but this was the first live land event for MDI, and it went off 
virtually without a hitch. There was there was an issue with Chinese teams not being able to get visas, but that was uh, out of the control of the Blizzard folks. And um, aside from that, it was just all the travel was meticulously planned. They made sure all the players got where they needed to be, and no man was going to get left behind. And the uh, accommodations were top notch, and hmm. you know the media stuff was kept as minimal as possible to avoid interfering with our practice time and everything from top to bottom was great all the people the crew are fantastic and also a shout out to all the other uh mdi teams like i don't you expect to meet some people in any slice of life that you don't necessarily get along with but i i think everyone from all the teams in every region were great not only great players, but great human beings. We had a lot of fun. Sunday night, everyone went out. I think like every team that was there went out. And once, you know, the tournament was kind of behind us in the rearview mirror and you could just kind of let loose and hang out and not worry about how it was going to affect your performance in the tournament, then everyone had a great time. And so, yeah, just 10 out of 10 tournament would do again. <laughs> Mitt, what about you, sir? Anything you close on? Man... I would, I would definitely have to just completely agree with everything JB just said. Like, the tournament was run absolutely perfectly. Uh, Zerbrix and Gar did an absolutely amazing job. Any issues that, like, you had there were quickly addressed. Even if it wasn't, like, a big issue, uh, just anything minor, anything, any minor inconvenience, anything, they were looking out for you. And, uh, yeah, again, nobody left behind, you know. Uh, they made sure everybody got there, got home. They were looking after you. Player managers as well. We had a stellar player manager and you know he people there actually care about the players and not you know like okay your monetary value see you later kind of thing it's they definitely care about you and great to see that and again all the teams out there that were competing happy to have played with you against you or just met you there uh it was a really great experience awesome all right mama dairy you can close us out here what do you have in this regard? You're not hitting the button. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the button Gosh, first. Jeez. I'm gonna hit the. Oh. I had one job. Yep. All right. I'm gonna tag on to the to the love fest a little bit because, uh, I mean, I've been hanging out in this little old WoW community for a long time. I've been working in it since 2012, and I don't think I've ever enjoyed something as much as I have like this whole MDI community and it's like I said it's the players it's it's the just the the twitch followers like if you go into these guys chat rooms I mean seriously like, shout out to the support from from their fan bases because they are so hype to watch these guys practice they're so hyped to support the teams and like I mean, especially these players that are grinding out 8, 10, 14 hours if you're Method PogChamp a day. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just some some crazy effort, and their fans are there for them. And I think the fan base has shown that they want MDI, and it's here to stay. Blizzard is listening, and like like they all said, it was, um, it was an amazing event. I was blessed and grateful to be a part of it, so thank you guys so much for that. But really, like... It's the, the people, uh, very much. So 
it's it's been a great a great year. I'm uh, excited for the second half of it because we got BlizzCon All Stars. Yeah, it's gonna be the best of times for sure. The best of times for sure. So I can't wait to see everybody again and uh, see all the Blizzard people, see all you fans. I guess I'll see Bay, ah, but everything else crap. is gonna be awesome. Yeah, the Blizzard All-Star uh, MDI event's going to be interesting because I, I hope there's just a ton of wipes. There probably will be. Oh, good. There yeah. probably will be. I mean, if the teams get up there and they just dunk all the dungeons that they've only been able to have so much time to test and then, you know, get to do online, that'd be unfortunate. You gotta, you gotta rally the crowd up and have, like, the, oh, pfft, you know, you gotta, you gotta have those moments. So, you only have so much time to, to test those versus all this testing you could do and all the research you've done on the uh, the Legion front instead. So, but you're still leveling right now. Zorbrix, where's the PVE 120 server? Can you go talk to the uh, you know the devs in charge of spinning one of those up so these guys can actually just test Mythic Plus dungeons instead of having to level? Maybe just you know. Good. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the one to say it. I'll do it because I'm the one that yeah, tests yeah. this Thank damn you. game. Yeah. Taking that hit, but he just said get leveling. Wow. Well, I guess sorry. No 120 servers for you guys. Game comes out in like five weeks, though. No problem. It's okay. Sorry, we'll go into the the all stars completely blind. We're not even gonna play beta. We're not even gonna play it until then. Just completely blind, and it'll be a great white fest. That's the new goal. I mean. The, the method way of that would be that you go in completely blind and you still win, though. Don't come on. True, true, true. That's, that's, how way. that's how it's supposed to be. Bari, right, then I'm gonna hit this little button that I haven't hit in a very long time that plays this music you haven't heard in a very long time. But thank you all very much for tuning in to episode number 166. This was the MDI discussion featuring some of the teammates from Method, of course, shouting out all the other ones involved in that as well. And then Derry was here, I guess. Next week, there is another MDI show, so more updates on, of course, who is going to be on that show coming down the pipeline. I'll give you updates on Twitter, of course. We'll find out who's going to be on the show confirmed. That is next Sunday. The Sunday after that, of course, there will be another show. I know, right, I did live shows before. What are these? That's going to be a BFA, like, community spotlight show. More details on that one, of course, down the road. But around the corner here, we had Mitt. You can go follow him and go watch him do the streams and DPS things at Coach Mitt over on Twitch. So thank you very much, sir. Good luck hitting things and leveling now, back because there's no 120 server. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. There was JB as well. So are you? You're leveled though, so you actually have a character you could do Mythic Plus with, right? So you're you're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we got we got our we've been doing our Mythic Plus dungeon. Yeah. It's just it'd be nice if you know could uh, have some other characters to try yep. in other dungeons be holy paladin cool. holy paladin mm. <laughs> no the misweaver but go follow jb as well at j dot b that's not an actual dot that's d-o-t on twitch as well go see what he's doing with the mythic plus world and of course there's there's dairy who's on twitter i guess set met the dairy i don't know she retweets things <laughs> thank you for being on the thank you for being on the show again. Sitting here listening to us and make sure you didn't say anything too too bad. You didn't make one fart noise. I'm actually surprised. Uh well I had my mic muted. Oh, oh. That's fair. That is, I appreciate that is fair. it. Um Albert, I need a beard next time. Oh. I mean I mean What's going on here? I can be all alone. 
no glasses next time. That's true. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. That's uh, thank you so much, Bay, as always. Absolutely. No, that was a blast. Learned a lot. I just quite a lot make you guys make sure you get all the talking because I'm probably going to talk too much. But that's that for this show. Again, if you miss the show or part of it, of course, it'll be showing up archived over on my YouTube page. Of course, link down below. That's just Final Boss Wow on the YouTubes. You can go check that out there, of course. And then keep up to date with all of the method goings on at method.gg. And they have all their, their wrap-ups for the MDI, of course, and when the raid race starts back up again in BFA. Go check that out, of course, right there. And then a quick little shout-out, of course, to Raider.io and the tools they put together if you are interested in all the Mythic Plus Realm World madness, then go check out all the rankings and all the stats they have over there. They have all, all the brackets and, of course, all the coverage from MDI. So they, they do a great work over there, too. All those. Go check out the websites. I'll link them all down in the description box down below if you're on YouTube, of course. But that's it for us. We'll see you all here. Well, they won't. I'll be back, and chat will be here, but I won't be sitting with Dari anymore. That's just too much. But next week, next Sunday, thank you everyone for watching. <sighs> bye! Oh, bye, bye, bye! Wave! Wave bye at the nice people! You gotta wave! You gotta do what I did. Just get yeah, there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. <laughs>